The city of Chicago has introduced a free and environmentally friendly way to toss out veggie peels, bones, and other organic food waste. Now, food waste in landfills is a major source of methane, a greenhouse gas way more harmful to the climate than carbon dioxide. But if you recycle food scraps into compost instead of sending them with your garbage to a landfill, it can reduce your carbon footprint. Here to discuss is Amy DiLorenzo, a member of the Illinois Food Scrap and Composting Coalition. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Hi, good morning. Good morning. And Erica Allen, who is co-founder and CEO of Urban Growers Collective and co-owner of Green Era Sustainability Partners in the Auburn Gresham neighborhood. Green Era transforms food waste into green energy and jobs. Great to talk with you, Erica. Good morning. Great to talk to you as well. So, Amy, I I just mentioned composting is one of the easiest ways that someone can reduce greenhouse gas emissions. But a lot of people already picture their food waste decomposing slowly over time in a landfill. What is the difference between decomposition in a landfill and decomposition through composting? That's a great question. Um, You know, one of the things that happens when you put your food waste in a landfill with other materials like plastic and other trash is that it doesn't decompose properly. You know, it it gets trapped. Um, the gases that and the gases release, and like you said, that methane is is way more powerful than carbon dioxide. So, um, when you compost your food and you put it in a compost facility, it can compost. It can decompose properly. Um, it has a space and materials that let it uh, decompose in a more environmentally friendly way. So, why do landfills create so much methane? Can you clear that up? Sure. Yeah, so um, when you have all those other materials that are not organic, um, what happens is the uh, food kind of decomposes without oxygen. And when that happens, um, it really just, it doesn't do it properly. It's not like throwing your apple core into, you know, a natural setting where it can decompose properly. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really kind of just, all those other materials make it more difficult for it to decompose. Are there other reasons that people should consider composting? Talk about some of the other benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, one of the things that happens when I separate out my food scraps is I end up taking my garbage out a lot less, right? Because it doesn't smell. Um, there's not all those other nasty things that are getting mixed up in the garbage. So, um, you know, it's it's a good way to create a new resource also. Compost can help regenerate soil. Um, it's a good soil amendment. It's really good for the environment. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely taking something that would have been wasted and turning it into something new and original. Well, Erica, uh, Chris Sauvey, who's the, the Deputy Commissioner of Sus- for Sustainability and Policy at the Department of Streets and Sand, said that Chicago's compost program is modeled after city-run programs in Minneapolis, New York, and D.C. In your opinion, what value does this program bring to the people of Chicago? I think Amy has shared it quite a bit, Um, you know, in terms of people having agency over their food waste, being able to separate their banana peels, their coffee grounds, their chicken bones and other things from the waste stream allows us to capture that methane if it's sent to an anaerobic facility, which, of course, we have built in Auburn Gresham specifically to bypass open air composting at a large scale because we want that methane to be captured and to actually replace petroleum-based natural gas. Um, We'll be creating an RNG product that can be used for, um, you know, for cooking gas, for vehicles, for energy production, um, and for other methane 
sustainable based products, um, all from our, our food waste. Um, we also see and know, and this is, you know, what we're looking at our other cities um, who had for a long time had um, municipal compost facilities. We are just kind of in this wonderful time where we can take uh, a major leap forward as a city and as a, as a bioregion around our climate resiliency and our climate impact um, goals by being able to first offtake the methane. We'll be producing um, quite a bit of digestate, um, liquid and solids that can then go to a compost facility and be mixed in with other carbon materials that aren't releasing methane. So our whole goal with our project, and I think many innovators globally, are thinking about how we can recirculate resources, capture methane, create new green economies without harming people or the environment, without exploiting people or the environment. But that methane, whether it's coming off of a landfill or a large-scale open-air compost facility, can be mitigated through the use of anaerobic digesting technology when it's an agriculture-based approach. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, in Chicago, people have had uh, backyard or community garden composting options. Uh, yes. Folks have always had options you have to pay for, right? So it says, has composting been low cost or affordable? You know, I think that it's, it's, it hasn't really been accessible to everybody. And I think that is part of the, um, the, the democracy of what we're doing. Um, I think about my colleagues and, um, you know, partners at NeighborSpace. They're piloting uh, six sites. Um, community compost project where folks at community gardens are going to be doing composting. Yes, there'll be some methane release, but minor in comparison to the benefits of recirculating those resources within a small-scale community project, whereas larger-scale waste streams, we absolutely want to deter those from landfills and doing it in steps. So, um, you know, some of the private um, entities that are currently doing waste hauling, I think of a collective resource, which, you know, is woman-owned and now a worker-owned co-op has been doing this for years and has been waiting for Green Era to come online. Mm-hmm. Um, Urban Canopy does a bucket um, system. Block Bins does, does a, a, a system. So there's all of these really great green um, entrepreneurs who are, you know, charging. And it, it, there is a cost. There should be a cost because these, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a serious public health impact when we're really mitigating our ability to breathe clean air, to, um, to decarbonize, um, you know, and, and to really um, be a step ahead of other regions, considering um, Chicago's unique position globally being one of the major stewards of the Great Lakes. So we have just a responsibility to think about all the ways that all of us can contribute, either in-kind, mutual aid-style, community gardens, to folks who have more resources, being able to, you know, have, you know, front door pickup of their bucket or their bin to businesses, you know, really getting serious about, you know, uh, taking the highest um, level approach to mitigate methane release mm-hmm. and to contribute to decarbonization. Amy, how important is engagement and outreach to develop a system that people will understand and also use? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, information is critical in this in this situation. So education is the first step and then providing that infrastructure for people to actually take action is the next step. Um, So that's why this program is so great. Like Erica said, you know, accessibility has been huge. Um, And so this really opens up 
uh, composting to many people that it wasn't accessible to for for a variety of reasons. So you can't really have education if you don't have any place for the scraps to go. Um, it's really frustrating. So this is a really wonderful um, compliment, you know, getting people the information they need and then also providing the infrastructure they need to be able to do the right thing with their scraps. So Chris Sauvey also said that Streets and Sands will be looking at data, trying to gauge participation and, and the placement of the drop-off sites. That's one of the reasons that you're supposed to fill out a form to sign up for a drop-off location. So should people who already compost their own way switch to the city program to show support? What do you think, Amy? I think if you have something that works for you, you should keep doing it. Absolutely. Um, This might be a good supplement, you know, in the winter months as it gets colder. If you have a backyard bin, it might be more complicated to start using. You might get a foodsicle, you know, a frozen chunk Mm -hmm. of food and it might be complicated. So, um, you know, this could be a supplement. Um, But if you have a a situation and and a a way that works for you, keep using it, you know, uh, keep supporting it. But um, this really will help people who aren't currently composting or maybe have not space to compost or not ability to compost at home. Um, so this is a really great option for them. Um, but there's other ways that you can support, you know, talking about composting, spreading the good word, you know, evangelizing to friends and family about the about the program and letting them know um, there are all the really good ways to support this program. Oh, and also by uh, participating in a pumpkin smash, I just wanted to, to note there's going to be pumpkin smashes um, all around Chicago and the Chicagoland area on November 4th for you to be able to recycle and compost your pumpkins and get out some aggression, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to. <laughs> yeah. And I want to make sure while you're here to, to talk through some of the basics. Uh, so, Erica, what materials are needed to participate in the city run drop off program? So we're clear. Um, I'm not, you know, we're not um, uh, directly working with the city right now on their compost pickup, but basically, I mean, if it was coming to Green Era, which it should be, um, it would be anything that's organic. So, um, you know, carbon materials that are um, you know, like your coffee filters, your all your vegetables, your, your breads, your, you know, your table scraps, your um, not your dirty diapers. Um, not your dirty di- diapers. I can say that like five times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, anything, chicken bones, um, you know, uh, fish scales, anything that's that's going to decompose. Think of, you know, we're carbon-based life forms. Organic doesn't necessarily mean certified organic, like you know that you find at the farmers market. It means um, life forms that can break down, that will decompose. So if it's organic, it can come to a digester. I think that this, um, and Amy probably knows a little bit more about it um, because we we were a part of the design of the program um, that the city is launching. Um, I'm imagining it's probably everything but um, protein. Um, One of the things that we're hoping to see happen, um, because Green Era does exist in Auburn Gresham, Mm -hmm. and it is, you know, shortened miles as well, leaving, you know, uh, transporting uh, organic food waste. Organics, again, things that break down um, naturally and, and emit methane, comes to um, our digester. And, um, and if that was the case, it would be all of these things. So I think I have to turn that over to Amy to kind of share a little bit more. She may know more about the program and what the city is accepting at this time. Go ahead, Amy. The big uh, list on their website of, of materials that are acceptable and not acceptable, but the basics are, you know, you collect it in a bin, you bring it to the bins at the drop-off site, um, 
you drop off the materials, if you're collecting them in a, in a bag or any kind of plastic bag or even a compostable bag, you're going to want to dispose of that separately. Um, take your bin home, wash it off and start all over again. Some people might be hesitant to start storing food waste for compost because of the smell or, or fear of attracting pests. Uh, but is it really that different from storing it in a garbage can, Amy? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I, I know that ick factor is pretty strong, but I always say you're already dealing with that material, whether you put it in your garbage or whether you collect it separately. So, I mean, I live on the third floor of a building. I really don't want to go down to my garbage, right. my garbage bin, you know, multiple times a week. So I find that that just separating out your scraps, putting them in a bin that has a nice lid on it that's tightly fitting. I mean, if you're really, really freaked out about it, you can put it in your freezer. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, just kind of adjusting. You know, everyone has food scraps and food waste. Hopefully yeah. you eat all your food, but everyone has food scraps that remain. So there's always going to be um, some leftovers that you're going to have to deal with. Um, so there's <laughs> right. This is just the better way to deal. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, those tips to, you know, reduce the smell and, and things like that. Um, they can also apply when delivering food waste to the drop off site. Right. So do you have any other tips for transportation? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a car, so if I'm going to be taking my stuff to the to the drop off facility, I'm probably going to make some new friends on the train or the bus. Um, but yeah, having a tight fitting lid is great. <laughs> um, you know, making sure that you don't overfill your bin. Um, freezing is great. I mean, that stuff is frozen. It will definitely last a bus ride over to the facility. <laughs> right. I'm curious, Erica. I mean, what what happens to the compost that's created in a composting facility? Like, how is it used? I wanted, I wanted to add a little bit to um, a gasketed lid. Like a, um, we use five gallon buckets from you can pick up at a Home Depot or a Lowe's or any box store or order them. A gasket it has like a little rubber liner so that when you store your food waste, it keeps the smell inside, and that makes it a little bit easier um, to yeah. transport. You can get some, like two and a half gallon buckets, smaller ones, but anything with a gasket will help with transport, including the liquids that might be in there. Um, what we're planning on doing is the digestate, both the solids and the liquids, are, will be used to grow more food. So to be able to, to take that material after the methane's been pulled out um, and all those nutrients, all that yummy stuff that plants need to grow um, can be mixed to, um, to accommodate a variety of different agricultural methods. And so that is um, what we're excited about and excited to work with. Um, traditional composters to be able to um, just get that methane out of our air and um, keep growing so that we have a secure food shed and um, can, you know, continue to improve the availability of fresh produce in all of our communities. We'll leave it there. Erica Allen is co-owner of Green Era Sustainability Partners, and Amy DiLorenzo is a member of the Illinois Food Scrap and Composting Coalition. Thank you both.